Welcome to Core Nourishment. I'm Annie Wagner, your host. This podcast is designed to empower, inspire, ignite presence, purpose, and intention in your day. Welcome back to the Core Nourishment Podcast. I'm Annie Wagner, your host, and thank you so much for continuing to tune in and listen. For all of you who've given me some incredible feedback on so many different levels, And for those of you who continue to share my podcast, this project ignites my soul. I'm having so much fun connecting and holding space for people to share their inspiration and purpose and stories. If any of you want to be interviewed, please reach out. You can find me on my website at anniewagner.com. And if you haven't already done so, if you wouldn't mind going to iTunes and offering a rating and a review, I would greatly appreciate it. So for episode 27, I had so much fun landing in presence with Krista Malte of Relief Parenting Respite and Resource Center based here in the seacoast of New Hampshire in Hampton. She is an advanced postpartum doula, a certified postpartum doula trainer, an advanced lactation consultant, and also just such an incredibly inspiring entrepreneur. She is an amazing mom, wife, community connector, someone who is truly living in her purpose and sharing her passion in so many different ways. Krista talks about what nourishes her soul. She shares about her journey that led her to become a postpartum doula and then her raw and vulnerable experience of becoming a mom and how it really shifted her perspective and came up against some assumptions that people had about her already being a doula and you know supposedly feeling like an expert she should have this all figured out but it was so beautiful how she opened up and talked about how it was for her to ask for help and her need for community and connection and in the end she shares what it is that she would have told her new mom self if she could offer her some advice and love just like she does for so many people in this community There is so much richness in this episode. Please tune in and listen and hear about what Krista is creating and continuing to cultivate here in this world. I'm so happy, listeners, to be sitting with Krista Malte of Relief Parenting. Um, She is an advanced postpartum doula, certified postpartum doula trainer, and advanced lactation consultant, on top of just being such an incredible woman and inspiring mom, as well as someone I've known and witnessed just grow and have so much success in so many ways with living your purpose. Thank you. So I'm really excited to talk with you. Yeah, I can't. I'm yeah. I've been so excited about this, Krista. Um, so as you might know, my my podcast is called Core Nourishment, mm-hmm. and what I've recently started doing is just diving right to that point, which is in my podcast episodes. I have this common thread of at some point talking about like what truly nourishes you. And it's not just food. It's like what lights you up, what feeds your soul. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to start there with you. Absolutely. Um, I I think there's so many different facets of a person. And I think tapping into what nourishes you and 
those different levels is really important. And so in terms of um, my own personal life, I realized, especially after having kids, that I was really isolated, even though I thought I was really connected into different communities. Mm. Um, And I have spent the last year or so really focused on nourishing myself in my relationships, um, particularly like building a community of people who are authentic and like-minded and supportive and um, empowering. And so that was really a very big part of how I arrived here with the center Mm, um, was that that I recognized I, yeah, I really just was missing that piece of my life yeah uh, and so it's been really interesting in, like in terms of thinking about um what fuels you like you said you know and those interpersonal relationships personally professionally um yeah they're really important that's a, yeah that's such a, a such a authentic and key point Krista which I I can definitely relate to as mm-hmm. as also a mom of two and um and really realizing when things shift after you have kids, um, how powerful and beautiful and messy and all the things it can be, but also how lonely it can feel at times. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Would you say, um, actually, yeah, let's talk about that. Like, well, how, when people ask you what is um, the center about, how do you mm-hmm. describe this? Um, really, I I want it to be a place for all parents of all different stages. So in preconception, pregnancy, early postpartum, um, years into parenting, um, ideally as a respite and resource center, I want this to be a place where people can come just genuinely if it's a fantastic day or a day that you're just like, oh, I need a break um, and be here. And I want us to have that comprehensive care and support. So that takes many forms. But essentially, I would love for anybody to be able to walk in and get the the care and that nourishment that they need on all of those different facets of who they are. So be it body work or attending a class and getting some more education or just being in a community of other parents kind of going through a similar stage of life, um, getting therapy for, you know, for your own mental health, getting uh, just a break for your kids, having your kids have you know a chance to kind of play while you recoup and rest for yourself. So all of those different pieces of us um, to try and be a, a center that provides that for people. And I love, Krista, that you talk, like you say parents, because mm-hmm. I think sometimes there can be this mm-hmm. assumption that um, like the primary, the primary, I was going to say mom, but it's mm-hmm. not always a mom. Like the primary caregiver is the person who's in need. But the fact yeah. that you're including, you know, caregivers, parents, um, mm-hmm. really full families, I think is huge. Definitely. And I think that comes a lot from my background as a postpartum doula. Um, as a postpartum doula, it's comprehensive family care in home. And, you know, we're there to take care of not only, you know, the mother or, you know, the primary um, provider, but also every other person who's living in the home. So that could be um, a partner, that could be the siblings, it could be the grandparents or friends, neighbors, everybody who's like really that core group of people mm. um, support- supporting during that time. Um, and so I think that's just a an easy carry through um, and one that I think is really important um, because yeah. our culture just doesn't support families very well. Um, we live in such a fast paced culture and one that's really disconnected in a lot of ways. And mm-hmm. so I really, like I said, initially, I know for myself, I was really seeking a lot of, um, you know, authenticity and, and deeper relationships and support. And I want 
to help people kind of come back to that, to come back to like really having a dialogue face to face with somebody instead of really just being super connected through their technology. I love that. There's so many, my, my brain's in so many different places. So I'm like, <laughs> I want to go down this thread and talk about mm-hmm. this. So um, let's, can we talk about that in our culture a little bit? Because yeah. I, I agree. Like, I think that, you know, people say kind of way back in the day, it was all about the village, but mm-hmm. there's something really to that, you Absolutely. know, um, and some other cultures are still really about that village concept. So would mm-hmm. you say that that was really part of your vision um, and mission of this center? Definitely, yeah. 100%. I think um, I've always been obviously really passionate about early postpartum care, but I found it doesn't necessarily, you know, stop. In fact, it just shifts. Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> totally. you know, I've, I've had so many really beautiful conversations with parents and they're like, you know, I never felt like I was able to really open up, you know, again, authentically, you know, at any point until you know just recently having this conversation with you or being in this particular group or whatnot and that's been really powerful and I think the idea of we've all just kind of accepted that oh yeah this is so hard and that's kind of like our rite of passage type of thing Mm -hmm. and yeah of course there's going to always be challenges but I don't think that it needs to be that hard and I think every every parent can relate (laughs) you know it's just it's we we just most people that I know of even if they do have really supportive family or friends close by there still comes a point of just you're in a little puddle on the floor and you're just like close to breaking and it's really just so hard be it financially or going back to work or you know not having the options of you know childcare or going back to work or um not feeling like you know where to go and who to talk to right um and that that scariness yeah um is so so difficult and that just snowballs into so many other issues and so if we can look from a more preventative standpoint Mm -hmm. and if we can start to rebuild that that community and that sense of oh you know I don't have all the answers and that's okay I don't need to um but I know that I can come here and I can share you know what I'm struggling with right now and I'm not going to be judged for it I think that in and of itself can be really life-changing for people just to have that almost like mental safety net of like okay you know if I if I really still struggling tomorrow morning at least I know who I can call or at least I know where I can go yeah and I think gosh like the fact that you have provided such a safe and you use that word safety net, but true, like safety um, physically, but also emotionally for people to be able to land in that space together and be authentic and real, mm-hmm. like that rawness and be able to share in that and realize, oh, I'm not, I'm not alone in this is, yeah. as you said, transformative um, and just kind of helps to also absolve and heal any shame that we might have or that feeling mm-hmm. of like overwhelm that we have to somehow figure it all out, somehow be completely 100 10% in all these roles like yeah. and do it all by ourselves like I think there is that cultural um, collective pressure at times to like you know um, yeah to be fully on at all times and yes. and yeah to it, ask for help is 
hard. <laughs> Very hard. And people talk about that mental load, right? Yeah. You know, so, I mean, like we have the physicality of the, the tasks that we have to do at any given moment in any day, mm-hmm. regardless of whether we feel up for it or not. But then also that preparation and that mental thought of like, oh, right. And I can't forget to call this and I've got to pay this bill. And oh, right. I never texted my friend back. And oh, right. I really needed to call the dentist and make that. A, I mean, there's so yeah. many things. Just and I think, nonstop. you know, parents, um, again, because we don't have a safe space generally, not even in our homes sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Um, to just take a break and be yeah. off. Um, and when we're on all that time, that has so many ramifications just for our, our mental health, for our physical health, for yeah. our relationships with our partners and for how we interact with our kids. Like we only can give so much. Right. And I think a lot of people recognize that it's too much like but they have no other options or it feels like they don't have any other options and so a huge part of what I'm really trying to advocate for is to change the culture around parenting Mm. and to say you know what like if we I would love I say this frequently but I would love to have like this magic wand and just be able to make these big sweeping changes you know culturally in our in our whole nation but I love that visual yes (laughs) just like yes Yes. (laughs) wielding this magic wand somehow um but i realized that that's not feasible and so we can start in our own community and i realized hampton is one of those no man's land places so there's you know a lot happening kind of up in that dover area where you know there's communities and there's meetups and there's classes and whatnot and same thing on the north shore you know in massachusetts but if you're in Hampton, if you're in Exeter where I live, you've got to go at least a half an hour, 45 minutes or so to reach those things. Mm-hmm. And when you're first starting out as a parent, or again, if you're years into parenting and you're burnt out and exhausted, yeah. that's another barrier to getting help and getting care. And so if we can really say as a community in the seacoast and say, you know what, I don't want my kids to be growing up and reliving the stuff that I'm going through right now. I want to start to make a change. I want them to see and I want to model this. I want to connect with other people. Um, Because again, I think if we, we have to make that shift for ourselves first, if we're going to be able to start shifting it, you know, in our small community. And then that has a ripple effect, hopefully to our greater communities and culture. That's amazing and so powerful, Krista. It's incredible. Thanks. And it's amazing. I was just thinking, um, I'm reflecting on a conversation I just had over the weekend with mm. another mom um, dropping. So we were dropping Jack off for baseball practice and get out. And I see one of Jack's best friend's moms, who I'm close to. I haven't seen her in a little while because we're all kind of doing the dance, right? Uh-huh. And she has four boys. And she just ended up opening up to me and my partner about um, kind of what they're going through with their eldest, who is a teenager now. And mm-hmm. um, we were talking about the parenting challenges, which led to another conversation. Another mom, another mom walked up, and I, you immediately came onto my mind mm-hmm. because I ended up saying this because you, I just left seeing you mm-hmm. like from last week and talking a little bit about how you're right. It doesn't stop. It just shifts from one phase to the next. And I wanted to be able to take a little snapshot and like send it to you (laughs) because I was like, this is exactly what we were chatting about and how beautiful, beautiful it is that we can, even in those small moments, create a little bit of safe space for conversation and recognize, oh yeah, you know what? We are enough. We are enough Mm -hmm. exactly as we are right now and doing the absolute best that we can in every given moment. And we all had different strengths. So how can Mm -hmm. we support each other? Which was what we all led the conversation or left the conversation with, which was so cool. That's awesome. Um, And then it just made me 
you know, my, my brainstorm go even more for what um, I see you building and creating here, which is incredible. Thank you. Yeah. And I do, I think like you touched on, um, you know, like teenage parenting and that's, you know, I keep hearing from families all the time, you know, we focus so much on the kids, right? And and as we should, right? Kids need their own supports as well. But there's very little specifically to parents and how if we're not supporting parents, we're not giving them the best opportunity to therefore support their kids. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when we think about pregnancy, obviously there's so much focus on, you know, the pregnant person and their journey. And but so many people then feel like, oh, I've given birth and now the attention just zooms right over to baby. And what about me? Right. What alone the partner or right. other people who are involved and that carry through I think happens again is like we think oh okay well in early parenting yeah you need a lot of support right here let me make you a meal let me check mm-hmm. in with you um but that really only lasts maybe a couple weeks maybe yeah but then you're you know you're still struggling when you've got a toddler and toddler behavior or when you're start going into elementary school or you know the dynamics of um, again, like preteens and your relationship changes with your kids as they're getting to be more independent, all of these things. And I think that there's, to my knowledge, there just really isn't a place for parents to go or like we have a lot of stuff on the internet and that's great in but a way, not, but like, it's real. Like, exactly. well, I don't mean to say it's not a real connection because it could be for some people, but mm-hmm. in terms of, I think what, um, like energetically and emotionally, we mm-hmm. really need yeah Yeah. that face-to-face support group yeah in that way yeah Yeah. so that's that's really great that you had those moments I know and again you were just like right in my my mind um so Krista do you mind expanding on for our listeners like you've mentioned different snippets of what you offer here Mm -hmm. um you know from from well my mind like a respite room to um to therapy sessions for people to um, energy work or chiropractic or whatever. Do you mind expanding mm-hmm. on what is the respite room, for example? Absolutely. So that's really where all of this kind of initiated from. I, I kind of was up in the middle of the night with my second son when he was young and rocking him and thinking to myself, why isn't there a place that somebody can just go and take care of me? I'm mm-hmm. so tired. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that like puddle I was telling you about. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I've been there. <laughs> uh-huh. I think everybody has, you yeah. know. And um, and so I, I that's really where it started from. And this whole idea of like come and just have a safe place where you can rest. Just take a break mentally and physically. So the respite rooms are there. There's two respite rooms. Um, and it's one person per room. So we've had couples come in and drop off their little ones. And essentially it's just a quiet adult timeout. There's soundproof rooms, there's sound machines going, there's soft, comfy bed. You pick out what kind of pillow you like because everybody has a different pillow. Oh, that's amazing. There's pregnancy the pillows, that yeah. kind of stuff, you know, because you want to make it um, comfortable. And it's hard for people to relax in general. And I think it's that much more challenging to ask them to like, you know, it's almost too much pressure to say, well, come and take a nap, right? Mm-hmm. So don't, just have a little time out. And create uh, it and let it be exactly what it is you're needing yeah, for yourself. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Mm-hmm. And we, I have these specific um, kind of electric candles and they have different types of music or different types of sound or there's even a meditation that you can go through that kind of can help you just get into a place of breathing. Mm, that's wonderful. Um, 
you know, people will come in and they'll just read and have like some really comfortable chairs in there. So it's just, again, a place to know that your kids are close by because that can be hard too, especially for first time parents. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, that like, well, I want to be close enough to my kids to know that they're going to be okay, but I really just need a break. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And striking that balance. Um, That's, I like that. That's such a true point. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling like that with, you know, especially with my first being like, oh my gosh, I just am so touched out. I just need a break. I just need to put you down. And then of course, as soon as they put you down, I'm like, I miss you. I know. Or like, you're too far away. Right. Right. (laughs) Are you okay? Like, and then, and then you're not present because you want to make sure that they're good. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh Uh-huh. So the respite rooms really um, have been really nice to see. And it's interesting, again, because we're asking parents to just change the culture around parenting and their thoughts about that. And so everybody knows that they need a break. Everybody Mm. seeks that in different ways, right? Like, I can't tell you how many parents I've talked to. I did it myself. It's like I go up to the gym and I sit in the locker room. Or I'll take an extra long shower at the gym because I'm just so exhausted. Or people will go for other things that are like more socially acceptable self-care, right? Right. Like go for a massage or I'll go for, um, you know, pedicure or something like that. Somebody was just recently telling me, they're like, I knew that I really needed a break because I was at the dentist and I was just, (laughs) I didn't want to get out of the chair. Yeah, And we shouldn't have to go to the dentist for like that being a break <laughs> right and how awesome that you're helping to kind of um, blast that that assumption or judgment um, mm-hmm. and remind people that it's like simply to just be and be still and do mm-hmm. nothing is a completely normal and healthy mm-hmm. and so necessary like Very. to really shift that is powerful yeah I'll tell a great example we had one mom come in she just dropped in because that's available as well and, um, and we always have childcare during our open hours and so this one mom she had dropped off her older child at school and she showed up and was like I just heard about this place I'm getting a headache I just need just just an hour sure great so she dropped off her little one in childcare. we showed her the respite room she came out an hour later and she was like you turned my day around you know I I don't have the headache that I had anymore because I was able to just sit quietly and close my eyes and drink a glass Mm -hmm. of water and now I'm going to be able to go home and be with my younger child and not be you know stressed out about it trying to give from a place of depletion exactly yeah Yeah. Yeah. and then they ended up coming back she's like I'm going to tell my husband about this and they ended up coming back as a couple and again each of them take their own rooms they go and they have their downtime and I think what's what's interesting about the respite room too is we always think oh well I could just do that at home right like Mm. well I have a bed I've got my own space I'll be more comfortable there but I think there's the the oh I should the starts to creep is in. Really different. Yes. Yeah, or the yeah. guilt or like the all yeah. of that. And it's like, yeah. oh well I see there's my dishes over there. Or mm-hmm. oh I really should catch up on that. Or oh my gosh, I hear my my child downstairs and I can't settle down. So um it's been nice to kind of get that feedback from other people too that like, oh, I actually was really able to rest in way more than I would have at my house too. Yeah. So, yeah. I know it's like this idea you really I'll, I'll use this with clients sometimes, like make an appointment with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you said, yeah, like it can be so challenging to do and to follow through with when it's in the home environment, mm-hmm. which I like to, to help to shift for people. Yeah. But for someone to have that, like to really make an appointment literally with themselves here mm-hmm. in this respite room and like give themselves permission to have that 
spaces is awesome. Like, yeah. Such a brilliant idea. Thank it's you. So great. And hopefully, again, that carries through back to their house too. Yeah. And like again, Realizing I think I'm working. Can do that at home. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm working so much from my experiences as a postpartum doula because that's the whole goal, right? Is to like work yourself out of a job. And uh, again, from a preventative standpoint, if we're helping parents kind of get that care that they need, take that time for themselves, they're mm-hmm. going to have more to give so that they have a higher tolerance for the other things that they still have to get through in their day-to-day stuff. So the respite rooms are really um, kind of the heart of this whole place. But in addition to that, we also have a larger group space where we have parenting classes. We have an infant cues class that I teach about just kind of understanding when your baby is hungry or Mm, tired or overwhelmed um, and how to respond to that. We've got um, a sing, sign, and play class that's really fun that parents are really enjoying with their kids. We have tummy time classes. Um, and then for older kids, we're starting to do some um, toddler and school age yoga. Oh, we great. have um, we're going to be doing hopefully um, like a child safety series and helping to mm. kind of empower parents and their kids about like how to be safe in different situations. Um, That's fantastic. Yeah, and I I think there's just limitless possibilities of things to do. So our workshop space is is usually there's always something going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, at the end of the month, I'm going to be teaching a, a partner communication workshop um we're going to be having uh, a postnatal depletion recovery workshop all oh, of these amazing. types of things yeah just to again really focus on the parents yes um and then we also have workroom space so if maybe parents aren't like really needing a nap but they might just need to be able to get some stuff done so maybe they need to make a grocery list without somebody bothering them or they have a project for work or whatever it is you just want to sit and scroll through facebook whatever mm-hmm. no no right. judgment yeah yeah <laughs> you know so come and just like again drop off your little ones and come and have that space for yourself to get whatever work done that you need to and then with the different practitioners we have um, pelvic floor physical therapy um, and she also teaches um, pilates classes as well um, we have an occupational therapist who works um, specifically with the first year or two of life. And mm-hmm. so she does a lot with after like tongue tie and lip tie releases, um, infant massage, GI issues, that kind of stuff. Um, we have a massage therapist. We have, like I said, two uh, mental health therapists as well. So, so great. you know, uh, oh, we also have family financial education um, and a dietitian as well. So again, trying to to provide that comprehensive care and look at all those facets of who we are as a person. Awesome. Like a full wellness center in many ways. And I just love that you keep emphasizing the preventative aspect, um, which Mm -hmm. comes back to that whole like nourishment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. (laughs) So you've, you've touched upon pieces of your personal story woven into this mission and dream Mm -hmm. that's now come alive, which is so cool. Krista, do you mind rewinding a little bit and sharing a little bit more about, um, yeah. yeah, I guess like the first moment that you realized you wanted to become a postpartum doula and mm-hmm. um, just a little bit about your journey becoming a mom and maybe even yeah. before that, maybe it was from your childhood witnessing your parents and that I'd love to yeah. just hear what. Absolutely. Um, I feel like it's in some ways. Um, yeah, I'll just share. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so growing up, we kind of had um, a a very unique situation where my mom actually commuted. We lived in Wolfboro, uh, New Hampshire, and my mom actually commuted down to Beverly Hospital for the week. So she would be gone for most of the week and stay down there. And my father was a stay-at-home dad for myself and my younger sister. And especially in the late 80s, like that was 
pretty much non-existent. That mm. was really not heard of. So I had always really grown up, and my grandmother lived with us as well. Okay. So I grew up in a house that was normal to me, but now looking back at it, I see like how unique it is. Yeah. Um, and I always very much just assumed that you know particularly men were very involved with their their kids yeah um and again growing up that was just my normal um but I always loved babies I always loved babysitting I always loved working with families um from the time I was really young so I always was like obsessed with babies and um knew I wanted to do something in that. So I initially went to school um, to open up my own daycare. And then I realized that wasn't quite the right fit for me. Mm. It wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. So um, I ended up at UNH as a family studies major. And my focus was on um, individual and family dynamics. So how an individual develops understanding their own milestones, but also the the dynamics of a family and the interrelationships. And yes. it's just fascinating to me, like so sibling cool. studies yeah. and how I mean I could just go on and on um but when I was in my senior year I started doing a thesis on maternal fetal attachment and how mothers bond with their infants and I came across Dona International um, which is the world's first and leading doula organization and at the time the postpartum doula certification was only a few years old Mm. and I thought oh my gosh this is like exactly what I want to do with my life um so I feel really fortunate that I graduated in December was able to take my workshop in March and that was in 2006 and I haven't stopped since that's amazing and that was even before you became a mom yourself yes really clearly recognizing that that was like a light and, and purpose and passion for you. Absolutely. Like from within, from a early start. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I really, I say, I, you know, say to, to uh, people, especially when I'm training postpartum doulas, like I, that was my calling. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I just feel so very thankful for that. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I was a postpartum doula for about seven or more years before I got pregnant with my first son. And, um, pretty much from week five of being pregnant, I was horribly, horribly sick. Mm. (laughs) So like nausea to the point of like debilitation. And so um, what, again, we have, we always, I I use my hands like scales all the time. And I'm like, we, you know, we have our ideal over here and then we have our reality on the other side and it's almost never equal. Right. Mm. And when it's not that friction um that's wherein lies so many troubles for people and so you know that's a constant practice and learning like how to feel comfortable in that um or accepting and and self-judgment or all the stuff that comes up absolutely and so um from the like very early start i was um needing more help than I was expecting. Mm. And I, it was very interesting to me um, to see other people around me react to my pregnancy as well because everybody's very happy, but I was usually the one who was organized and in charge and, you know, was helping other people. And now I was in a role reversal where I really needed help for myself. And I thought I had been doing a good job of advocating for that and saying like, you know, I'm struggling and here I am curled up on the couch and that yeah. kind of stuff. But um the expectations for put on me were very high and I remember very clearly being at a friend's house and someone said well let's make bets for how long Krista's baby's gonna sleep and I was like what oh my gosh don't 
don't put that on yeah. me. Like, I'm still going to be the mom. And they're like, well, yeah, but you're also a doula. You know what to just, do. It's so isn't it interesting? Just, mm-hmm. you know, and, and right, even friends, like, harmlessly say that. It comes from a place of kind of gesture and fun but mm-hmm. but the assumptions that come along with yeah. like you know this like here you are this expert krista like you're gonna have it all figured out it's gonna yeah. be easeful and absolutely yeah. so yeah. many people are like oh it's gonna be so easy for you and i constantly was like well it's not because i knew uh, you know especially as so many years as a postpartum doula like the inner workings of what a postpartum period really looks like mm. and so i felt like um that was a big learning process for me is like kind of accepting you know like that I wasn't going to meet the expectations of other people and that was really hard for me because that's something that I've always struggled Mm. with and I think many people do yeah um so fast forward have my son and um I was very rapidly going into a depleted type of state, mm-hmm. right? So, like, not a lot of help. My mom lived out of state. My mother-in-law uh, worked full-time. My father passed away. My father-in-law is not um, able to to kind of help in that physical type of way that I needed. And my husband um, was working, like, yeah. very long hours. And so um, – and many of my friends were also having babies around a similar time. So they were also dealing with their own stuff. So even though I'm a postpartum doula, I know the kinetic connections it's everybody's still going through their own life oh my gosh and 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 here you are like singular alone uh yeah yeah so I realized really quickly that things were not going like I was going to need some help yeah and it was again very interesting to be on the other side of things and to be the mom instead of the professional because when I was reaching out for help um, with providers or going to see therapists or other things like that, the misinformation that I was given, mm. and I knew that it wasn't right. Like I remember going to see someone uh, for therapy and saying, "Like I, I'm really not feeling right. Like this is not normal." And they're like, "Oh, well, you can't go on medication because you're breastfeeding." And I know that that's wrong, mm-hmm. but I was still so tired and depleted that it was that much more difficult for me to advocate for myself. Mm-hmm. So for the center, that is so much of a reflection and a part of why I want to eliminate so many barriers for people. Yeah. Because I think those barriers, like we expect people to be able to climb Mount Everest when they can barely walk out their front door. Right. And so it's not reasonable. And we do a lot of victim blaming too, right? Well, mm-hmm. oh, you know, as a parent, you just have to ask for help, right? Mm-hmm. And we say that all the time. And yes, that's true. However, people may be feeling like they're asking for help and it's hard to do when you're already feeling vulnerable when you're already dealing with your own emotions around you know your own challenges and whatnot but then to know what kind of help you need and to know who to ask that help of and specific and that's too much to ask for people when they're in it it's already like who are already in a fog and like having a hard time even as you said like putting one step forward exactly so um so Thankfully, I got to a place um, where I was able to, you know, advocate enough for myself to kind of get the care that I needed to to restructure my life. My husband's always been so incredibly supportive of things. And so um, 
then when we started talking about having a second child, <laughs> he was like, are you nuts? And I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> yes, eventually I kind of wore him down <laughs> and he said, okay. And then of course I got really sick, even more sick than I was the first time, oh, um, gosh, which sick. was really, <laughs> really hard. Um, Just the way your body physiologically reacted. Huh? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It is no joke. Um, oh. You know, the, the hyperemesis gravidarm. It is like oh. really hardcore. Um, yeah. But again, talking about nourishing yourself like knowing what I, I always describe it's things to people like I felt like I was taking a machete and just carving out the things in my life that I just couldn't or didn't want to prioritize mm. um, and that was really helpful in a way because it helped me get to a place of knowing like what is really important in my life and what kind of a life do I really want to be leading and who do I want to be around and um you know, parents, you know, parenthood changes you. People talk about that all the time, yeah. right? And I, and the whole idea of like your children can be your best teachers. And that's really so true. true. It allows, know. Yes. you know, like there's so much growth that can come from all of these challenges. But um, again, it's, it's a really, I, I will sometimes say, depending on who I'm talking to, you know, like motherhood can break you, mm-hmm. but it's not like, it's breaking yourself open in was, a way. Yeah, that's the word that just popped in my mind. Mm-hmm. It's like this like shattering open. Yes. You know, because, yeah, it teaches us so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when my when I finally started feeling better with my second son, when I was pregnant with him, I one day was like, so I think we should sell our house. And my husband was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but then I explained it. I was like, you know what? Like, let's get rid of some of this responsibility. Like, what kind of a life do we want to live? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we took some time to think about it. And then he was like, all right, yeah, let's do it. And so we moved and um and it was the best decision for us ever. And so then once I had my, you know, my second son, Holden, um, I joked that he turned a year old. Like we kind of got through that first year and then like I kind of woke up. And the first time, you know, being a parent, I was really angry. I was angry at the culture of it shouldn't be this hard mm. and everybody's struggling with this and why is it like that mm-hmm. and why aren't people making changes and why you know I was just in that place of yeah. like gosh like it should not be this way yeah and then when I had Holden I like I swear he turned a year old and all of a sudden I was like a light bulb went off and I was like wait a second I can do something you this opportunity <laughs> from yeah. your experience exactly and, like hardships and then resiliency to create something exactly I love that like how you shifted that and like channeled all that perhaps anger to like a place of action definitely and yeah. I had um a friend and she was like this is like your third baby and I'm like it totally is yeah totally. <laughs> you know and we're still in that like first year of parenting and it's kind of up and down and you know we're still trying to find our feet but um but it's it's been such such an incredible joy and so much more um more than I ever could have anticipated. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and like I said before, you know, it's, I feel like using my professional experiences, using my personal experiences has really helped me hone in on what do I see as patterns, you know, with, with families and what can I do in my small community to help shift those, those needs and, you know, reduce some of those barriers to helping parents get care. And hopefully that will just keep snowballing and that will make a a broader change. I totally believe I totally believe it's possible. And I'd like to, I like to believe it's already happening, right? Mm -hmm. Like in our, and you mentioned Dover, I'm up in Dover, but you know, I love, 
I love feeling that and continuing to connect with with people like you, Krista, mm-hmm. who are passionate about um, prevention and, and helping to support people um, in this way and have it right. ripple out. It's amazing. Thank you. When you think about coming to work, um, what, like, what, I guess, is one of your favorite parts? Oh, and gosh. you've mentioned so many things, but yeah. I'm just curious. Like, <laughs> I... I love, I, oh gosh, I love so many things. I really love, again, just the community that I've built. I've yeah. met so many incredible people. And like the the staff here and the practitioners here and stuff, like it's just been so fueling. It's just, it really fills my heart, the, the people that I've met. And seeing parents who have started when their babies were first born and seeing how they come back, you know, on a almost like weekly basis or multiple times in a week and just seeing how they're changing and their children are changing. Mm -hmm. That's always been one of the things that I love is witnessing that transformation in parents. Yeah. Um, And then it sounds really simple just, but having my own office space and having like a little place for me to go and be, kind of quiet and do my own thing and again it's like that my own yes exactly (laughs) it's my own little respite space which um I really I really enjoy I love that if you Krista if you could tell your I guess your new mom self like Mm -hmm. let's you know again you just shared so much vulnerability and rawness about your experience which I so Mm -hmm. appreciate thank you um I imagine so many people who are listening can relate into some pieces of that. Um, But if you could tell that part of you, um, any, give her any advice or tips or um, like, yeah, just support Mm -hmm. as you do to so many people here, Mm. what would you say? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I suppose the first thing that comes to mind is like, you're doing what you can, you know, and that's like, that's okay. Um, And don't give up. Because there are times that I never thought, um, I'm trying to think of the right words to, to explain. It was never an issue of like, oh, I'm going to give up on life or anything like that. But just like that sense of like, oh my gosh, is it always going to be this hard? Mm. And I think so many new parents feel that. Like, Mm -hmm. is it always going to be like this? Mm -hmm. Is it always going to be this struggle? Is it always going to be uphill? And it's not. So like, don't give up and it's going to shift. It's going to change. And the sleep deprivation, that goes away and now you're shifted and now it's, you know, you're dealing with I don't know, temper tantrums or whatnot, but, (laughs) but you just like in pregnancy, I think, um, you have this period of time of like building and anticipating and learning and adapting and all that kind of stuff. And parenthood is the same way. And we're constantly doing that. And I Mm -hmm. think that that it's a lifelong thing. Mm -hmm. Totally. Mm Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. So how can people find you? Well, we are in downtown Hampton. Um, we're right off of 95, so we're a pretty easy location to get to. We have plenty of free parking. And the best way to kind of find more information about us is through our website. So that's reliefparenting.com. Pretty straightforward. And you can book classes. You can see who our practitioners are. You can see what's happening um, at any given moment in time on our online calendar. So if we try and make it as, again, easy, straightforward yes. <laughs> as possible <laughs> yes. for, for everybody who's tired out there. Wonderful. That's <laughs> great. Well, thank you so much for this time, Krista. And I'm so excited just to continue to witness the evolution of 
this incredible center that you've you've supported our community with and also your growth and um you're very inspiring so thank you thank you very much for having me it's been really an honor and such a pleasure yay awesome thanks thank you